The content of the Think Dementia podcast is based on the individual opinion and experiences of Amy House and should not be used as or in place of medical care. Think Dementia recommends you consult a physician if you have medical concerns for yourself or a loved one. This disclaimer also extends to any guests or content creators of the show. And now, let's think dementia. Hey everyone, this is Amy House with Think Dementia. Just a reminder that we are days away from the University of Minnesota's Caring for People with Memory Loss Conference that is done by uh, Dr. Joe Gogler and his public health department. It's Saturday, June 3rd, and it is a free all-day conference for family, friends, care partners, anybody who is supporting someone with dementia, including professionals, but it is really practical advice made for those closest to them. And I can't recommend it enough. I think that you should go to the University of Minnesota's website and put in their search box, Caring for People with Memory Loss, and find out a little more information about it. And hopefully you can attend either in person or virtually. Last time on the podcast, we talked about something pretty serious. We talked about uh, the traumatic moments that a family member might witness with their loved one. And so I wanted to have a little bit lighter of a conversation, and I chose an email that I received this week to talk about. Okay, so I'm going to paraphrase this email that I got from a spouse. And she wrote that her husband is 78 years old. He has Alzheimer's. It sounds like he's pretty physically able-bodied right now and still does a lot of his own personal cares. Um, But he is sitting around in front of the TV most of the time and just watching TV and dozing off all day. And she's really finding it hard to get him to go anywhere with her or do anything. And she just knows it's not good for him to just sit there in front of the TV all day long. This is an excellent question because this this happens a lot. We have um, people who are living at home with dementia and they are having a hard time in their brain figuring out where to start or what to do with their day. And that's a something I hear from people living with dementia often. What should I be doing right now? And for somebody, it might be very comfortable to sit in their favorite recliner in front of the television, and they might enjoy the TV or they might just not know what else to do. Whether it's somebody who identifies as a man or a woman, it can be challenging if they are not a person who had a lot of hobbies, such as crafts and arts and puzzles and and just the other things that we do to pass our time in our free time. If they are a person who usually did things that had a purpose behind them, it can be really tough once they lose that executive function of how to plan their day and what they would enjoy, it can be really hard for them to be motivated to do that. So here are some ex- ideas of what I would recommend. First of all, if we want to talk about getting more active, let's think about exercise that is not exercise, okay? So if that person is able to, let's get outside and pick up sticks. Let's go outside and rake the lawn. Um, it might not need it, you know, but again, this is just about getting physical and getting exercise in. Another thing that can be helpful with exercise, is there a purpose to it? Uh, 
one time I knew someone who had a dog, and then when that dog passed away, it was very hard for them. They, of course, didn't know if they wanted to get another dog. And as a care partner, the spouse thought, wow, that would just be one more thing to do right now. But she found that when she got another dog, that is what really helped her husband get up and go for a walk. And he had to have that purpose of bringing the dog for a walk because walking just to walk just didn't sound important to him. So that is a way to, again, give purpose to that exercise. Or maybe you can say the doctor, a person of authority, the doctor has said that I, I as your spouse, really need to work on walking more or stretching more, and I have these exercises I'm supposed to do, will you do them with me? I don't want to do them by myself. Or will you come with me? I don't like walking alone around the neighborhood. I need someone with me. That, again, gives purpose to that exercise, and we're not just exercising to exercise. And you can do little things like um, just placing things on the floor for somebody who is um, having more physical difficulties, placing different things on the floor for them to bend down from the chair and pick up repeatedly, um, giving them some light weights to do in their hands. There's a lot of chair yoga and senior exercises that are available on YouTube now. And one of my favorite things to do would be dancing. If the person ever enjoyed dancing, sometimes it is a lot more fun to put on some music in the house and do some dancing than to, again, follow an exercise routine. Another option that I wanted to tell everybody about is how, again, for somebody who's always done things with purpose and maybe didn't have a lot of uh, creative outlets in their life to just do things for fun, they might have to have some purpose to even the smallest of activities. Could that person maybe go through the junk drawer and sort everything out in there for you? Could that be something they're helping with? Again, I'm asking for help. Can you help me sort these things? Can you help me sort all these nuts and bolts? Or let's organize all these different nails that we have in here. I'd like to have them really nicely laid out so that I can find a nail quickly when I'm trying to hang up a picture. By giving someone these purposeful activities, that can be very helpful. Things may need to be adjusted, like instead of saying, let's play a game of bridge, which may be too complicated right now, let's play a game of King's Corner or Uno or Go Fish, Crazy Eights. There are games out there that are a little less complicated, that if the person knows their cards, knows their suits and their values, then they can still play these games. We just have to think of less complicated games. I had a resident once who played a ton of cribbage with his son. And some of the time, they would not be playing cribbage at all. I mean, it would just be a matter of dealing cards, holding cards, counting cards. They weren't necessarily keeping score. The son was moving the pegs around the board, but that wasn't the goal of it. The goal was to have a good time with his father. And I know that would be something I would love to do. Um, throughout my life because I love playing cards. So somebody can offer me a card game anytime. I'm up for it. And that might change a little bit as the disease progresses. Maybe now instead of setting the person up with some cards to play a game or play solitaire, maybe now I'm, I'm setting it up and saying, can you check if all these cards are here? Um, could, could you see if all the suits are here? Can you put them in order by suit? 
And if that's too difficult, can you just separate the red cards and the black cards? I'm trying to see if this deck is worth keeping. Again, this is an activity that has purpose. You're not just saying, will you sort these for me? I think it'll be fun. You're saying, this will be helpful to me. I have all these decks of cards. I need to get rid of some of them. I don't know if they're all here. That person may never get through sorting that deck of cards, but they may really enjoy the process of trying to do that. So that is a way to adjust it for later on. Again, we can talk a little bit about purpose when we think about cleaning the house and the daily activities that all of us do. I have uh, picked up a very lightweight uh, battery-operated rechargeable vacuum, and that is one that I can give to one of my residents living with dementia and say, could you vacuum the the hallway here for me? And they will vacuum and, and just go around for an hour and do that because it's something that I don't have to worry about. They're not going to trip over a cord. It's cordless. It's chargeable. And it's very lightweight and easy to use. So they're able to participate and help out. Also, sweeping the floor. Can you sweep the kitchen floor? And for some, if that is not the kind of work that they're used to doing, it may be, let's go out and sweep off the sidewalk in front of the house, or let's sweep out the garage. Again, the goal is not to have a spotless, shiny floor. The goal is for them to have some purpose and to be helping out with things. You may have to go back and sweep again and again, but you could do that every day. Um, Mopping the deck. I had a resident who love to help with cleaning off our deck in our memory care. He didn't want to do the work inside. He wasn't interested in sweeping or mopping inside. But when it came to cleaning off the deck, that was something he enjoyed. So I got him a mop and a mop bucket, and he could go out there and he could mop the deck. Again, that is something that someone could do every single day. Sometimes we also have to think about what would be a way to help this person have the confidence in doing something that is fun. For example, I had a, a male resident who said, you know, he wasn't artistic. He, he didn't do arts and crafts. That's not him. He's not good at that. So when I put some coloring supplies in front of him with a, a, a beautiful picture to color, he was like, uh, no, no, thank you. I, I, can't do, I can't do that. He really felt he could not do it. But then when I made a copy of a completed coloring page next to a blank one and put them side by side on one copy together and gave him the coloring supplies, I said, could you just uh, copy what's on that side and just, just finish filling this in for me? I'd really appreciate it. And he really enjoyed art from then on because he could look at what it was supposed to look like and just try to find those colors and match them up and and fill it in. That was a lot less complicated for him and something he had more confidence in doing than just being creative and coming up with your own color scheme and and creating the pictures and all the colors out of nowhere. So that was a way to adapt it so that he felt he could participate in art again. And we learned to do that for a lot of residents. It's been very helpful. And then I also want to think a little bit, since your husband is spending a lot of time resting and sitting around, is he really sleeping well at night? 
is there anything going on medically, you know, that could be happening? Are his medications making him tired? Just something to think about. You might have evaluated all this before, and he might just be really tired because he has a disease that's causing dementia, because that is exhausting when your brain is having those changes. But if it is something that could be looked at and addressed, that might be helpful so that he has the energy to be involved during the day. And last, I just want to mention a a project I worked on a few years ago before the pandemic, and it's called Silvercrest Staycations. And you can Google that, Silvercrest Staycations. I'll put it in the show notes. But basically, um, my residents at um, my memory care, we go around the Twin Cities and we enjoy a lot of different places from going to the, the zoo and the conservatory to spending time at a greenhouse to going to the Raptor Center and seeing the eagles and the owls, um, even easy things like going to a candy store or to our favorite bakery. We have gone all over the Twin Cities. We go out about once or twice a week. And I have taken note at some of these places. And I worked with the Roseville Community Action Team, um, Roseville Alzheimer's and Dementia Community Action Team, and the Ramsey County Library to create these Silvercrest staycations. And they are a group of flyers that you can access online or you can get at the library, the Ramsey County Library here in Minnesota. And you can find information about places to go around the Twin Cities to have some fun. Maybe it's about getting your husband out of the house. Maybe he would do better out and about and having a reason to leave the house. So come with me today. I want to go see this, you know, I want to go to this greenhouse and pick some stuff out. The reason that we put together the staycations are to empower care partners to have the information that they need and the tools that they need to go out and access all this fun uh, local destinations. Because it can be really hard sometimes when you don't know what the parking situation is going to be like. I mean, you said your husband's 78. I'm assuming that you're that age as well. What's the parking like? Am I, are we going to have to walk two blocks just to get there? Um, also, do they have a family restroom that you can go in and assist your husband if needed? Do they have any food or drinks there? Because that's something that you have to plan when you're going out and you want to know, can I bring something with or is there something there we'll be able to get if suddenly someone's hungry or thirsty? And then I also have in there some information about some questions that you can ask the person to spark conversation while you're on that outing or some sensory things that you can try. For example, the University of Minnesota Raptor Center, there's questions in there about, you know, did you have any birds like this in your backyard? What what did you notice in your backyard? And then there's some sensory activities that I recommend. You can hold the bones of a bird and see how light they are. You can uh, put your hands up in the wingspan of a Um, eagle and see how far your hands reach compared to the wingspan of an eagle. Just little sensory things like that that are good for the person who's living with dementia and for anyone to participate and to just give you some guidance when you're there so that, again, you feel confident going out into the community and having some fun. I hope this has been helpful for anyone who's trying to get their loved one more active, more involved. It's so important to have that good brain stimulation to keep the person as independent as long as possible. 
It's a progressive disease. It's They're going to have good days and bad days, but it is a progressive disease, and you're not going to be able to stop that. But by having some great engagement at home, in the community, or if they're living in a memory care or assisted living, things that you can do with them to keep their minds stimulated and conversations going, that's going to be really really helpful. And I commend you for reaching out and asking that question. Thank you, everyone. And we'll talk again soon. If you have a situation that you want to bring up on the podcast, you can go to that website, www.think-dementia.com and leave a recording there so that we can all talk about it.